Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Sophia. I am a compulsive reader, and um, I definitely earned my seat here. And um, I'll just share about you. Know, I've shared my story a few times over over the phone, and, but um, I'll just share where I started from and where I am today. Um, I, I'm I'm coming from very high numbers. Uh, my largest recorded weight was near uh, nearly uh, 400 pounds, and I'm only five foot four. Um, today I'm not that weight. Weight today, by the grace of God, in this program, and all of you all here to show up and do service, and and I'm grateful I'm not nearly that weight today. I'm I'm nearly at a I'm at a weight today that I haven't been at. And um, I don't know, probably about seventeen years, and I'm at, uh, and I'm only twenty pounds from my goal weight, which is uh, uh, under two hundred pounds. So when I get to one ninety nine, that'll be a weight that uh, I haven't been at. I haven't been under two hundred pounds in my entire adult life, and I'm fifty seven years old. So I don't think I've been under two hundred pounds since I was eighteen, seventeen, and eighteen. So I'm certainly grateful today to not be killing myself out of fork. I grew up in a house, in a home where uh where the two parent home where both of my parents were beautiful and they they both cared so much about their appearance and and their weight. My mother was very weight conscious, exercised all the time and never ate junk food. And I can remember going shopping with my mother and she ne- and all the years that I went shopping with her, she never once stopped off in the drive-through. She never once veered off in the mall into those little food stands. Never ever did I see her do that, you know. And so I always admired that about her. And she always worked out, you know, exercised, and I always admired the way she took care of her body. She always wore the same size clothes year after year because she loved clothes. She was a fashionista, so she loved all the new fashions. And so uh, she always said, I-, I can't buy a new wardrobe. So she always made sure she stayed in that 19, size 19, you know. And I am said, and my father was the same way. They always split a, split one meal together. And, and I thought it was because they were being cheap, but they were actually saving their calories. So go figure. I mean, they were just, you know, two beautiful people. And I don't know because she was, my mother was so into looks. I, part of, you know, I didn't take care of myself because I know that's what she wanted and that's what she liked. So I would come over to her house when I got an adult. And even when I started making money and have on the ugliest clothes, you know, scrubs that didn't fit, you know, and she would get so angry with me. Why are you looking like this? You know, because she didn't want me to look like that. So anyway, I got married at at a young age and I ate and I ate and I thought I married into such a loving family because these people would get up in the middle of the night at one o'clock at night and bake things and and I remember telling my mom, I said, this is a good family. They really feed me. You know, they take care of my, and they love me. And my mother said, you think that that's love? You know, you think that that's love, that they eat like that? You know, again, my mother didn't like my mother-in-law, and she thought my mother-in-law was punishing her through me by feeding me. <laughs> you know, every time she saw me, I was getting fatter and fatter. But um, 
And so she told me, she says, you keep eating like they eat, you're going to be fat. That was 18. So I was 18 years old when I left home right after high school and got married and had a baby. But she told me at 18, you're going to be fat. And I wasn't 200 pounds at the time. And she told me, I said, Mom, how fat am I going to be? She said, you're going to be 200 pounds. And I'm like, wow, 200 pounds? That was, you know, in the 80s, early 80s, 200 pounds was like huge, right? And so I'm like, oh, my God, I couldn't be 200 pounds, you know. Well, I did, you know, get to 200 pounds. And I got over 200 pounds, and I got to 250 pounds. And I thought, you know, it was me never wanting to take responsibility for my compulsive eating. I always put it on other people. You know, if my mother would have did this, you know, my mother would have did that. If I hadn't got married at this age, you know, you know, it was always somebody else's fault. You know, it was never me taking responsibility. So but for my own action, you know, nobody was forcing me to eat the food, right? So I thought, okay, well, let me divorce him because he's the problem that I'm so obese, you know, that I'm 250 pounds. And if I get another husband that had more money and, you know, was in the, you know, I was in a better shape, that I wouldn't, you know, be this fat. You know, so I did divorce him, and I remarried somebody that was 23 years older than me that was financially stable, and it did afford me to start doing something about my weight, you know, looking at my weight. And I'm going to say that the things that I did to try to control the food was just as crazy as what I was doing, eating it, you know, eating all these things. I mean, I just... um, this man was spending so much money on Jenny Craig to the point it was nearly bankrupting him. You know, he was telling me, you know, is, are you ever going to get control of this? Well, I'm not going to have to keep writing out checks to Jenny Craig. You know, as soon as I would stop going to Jenny Craig, all the weight would come back. I would get down to a normal size, a good size, and, I mean, as soon as I stopped eating the food, boom, I'm right back. You know, never knowing that all along I had an issue with food. I was a compulsive eater. I was using food to... Make you know, like a drug. I mean, I was addicted to food, and so I didn't know it at the time. And um, unfortunately, my husband at the time was 23 years older than me. He was young when he passed. He was just 47, but he passed. And and here I was, you know, alone. And um, so anyway, I got with somebody else, and I had a child, a son. And my son was born in 1994, and at two, he was diagnosed with autism my eating just skyrocketed, you know, because I, I had a daughter, but I always wanted the son, and I wanted to, uh, you know, to have a normal, you know, son and go to baseball games and be a soccer mom and all of this. And so here my dream was shattered, you know, when he turned two. I didn't know if I, any of that was going to be possible. And so I ate, and I ate. And I ballooned up to 300 pounds. But at the time, I was still young. You know, I wasn't 30 years old. And uh, I was still able to take care of my kids and function, you know, and work. I was I was through with school, and I was, uh, you know, working in my profession as a registered nurse, making good money. And, and um, so I thought, you know, this is, you know, I'm okay. You know, I accepted I was going to be in another relationship. And, you know, my son, father, he also passed. And when my son was only seven years old, so I had so much trauma with death and, you know, with husbands and my son, father, until I, you know, I said, well, I'm just not going to be in a relationship anymore. And, and I had my food. 
you know, this is what I say. I got my kids and my food. And so, you know, I have a, I had to do a, you know, a lot of work in dealing with, you know, how I treated my children with food. I, their diet was horrible, you know, the food that I had. And so um, anyway, in 07, I got, I started going to uh, grade sheet meetings. I was introduced to OA back in 95 when my son was born, but I really didn't. I take that back. I was following OA because at that time they were still doing the plan called the gray sheet, and so I had a sponsor that had me doing that. So the weight was coming off, but, again, when I left the room, the weight came back. So in 07, I joined. I started going to gray sheeters anonymous meeting, and that's, that's the time where I experienced the most, where I had the most weight loss when I did the great sheet plan. When I worked it like it was supposed to be working, worked on my spouse and I lost a bunch of weight. Again, life showed up. My Both my parents uh, started to have health problems. And in uh, 2010, uh, I gained all of the weight back that I had lost. I was back up over 300 pounds again. This time I was at 350. You know, I was the weight was just it's going up and up and up, and um, and at this point, I was in my I was in my late forties, turning fifty, and at at forty seven, I started to experience health problems, hypertension, and and arthritis, bad arthritis. And I remember I went to a, a knee uh, orthopedic surgeon, and he told me he said if you don't lose the weight you know, and have knee replacements, you're going to be in a wheelchair. And I kind of, like, laughed it off. I think I went and got something to eat after that, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay, right. And so I just kept swallowing, gobbling down the, the ibuprofen and the food. Uh, my mobility was getting bad. I could no longer stand on my feet to take care of my patients to do my med pass. So I had to take a desk job cut my salary in half, I had to, you know, sit down because I could no longer stand. I couldn't stand in, in you know, about 10 or 15 minutes. And, you know, to be in the job that I had, you have to be able to stand long periods of time. And so I couldn't do it. And uh, my knees had started to really give me problems. And here's the, the problem. The main problem was that I was too fat to have a knee replacement at the time. No doctor would touch me at that weight, you know, and I'm like, I, I, you know, I kept going back into the room, but I still did not want to give up the food because it provided so much comfort and relief to me. It was my drug, you know. I still had my son that I was dealing with that was at, that was in his teenage years at the time, and I still had that when he was adult, adult and trying to make decisions for him, how, you know, and I had my wayward daughter that was, you know, everywhere. And I, you know, and uh, and I had a grandchild. So food was my go-to to stuff all of that down. And so the knee replacement was off the table. So I walked around in pain. I mean, a lot of pain that was sometimes unbearable to the point I would cringe just the thought of getting up out the chair to move nearly 400 pounds over a five foot four body. And I was 50 at the time. It was just, it did be just too painful. It was just too, too painful. And so um, I went to my best friend, died of a heart attack. We were both at, at 52 uh, in 20, uh, 
it's been about five years now. But um, when she passed of a heart attack, we were the same weight, said the same clothes. That was a wake-up call because I knew that that could very well be me. My blood pressure was off the chart, even with four different blood pressure medicines. And here I was, I couldn't walk. So I came back into the rooms of 08. That was in 2020. And I came back into the room uh, of 08 after being terminated from the job. I took a job that was paying me very well. This job hired me over the phone, literally, without seeing me because of the recommendation from the previous desk job that I had. I did good. My numbers and stuff was good. So when I got to the job and they seen I couldn't barely walk, they let me work, you know, but a couple of months. But they fired. They came up with an excuse and they fired me. And I knew it was because of my mobility. I couldn't do the job. The job required me to work around a big hospital and do a lot of walking. I couldn't walk there. That's not when they walked to the hospital and do the job. And so they knew it and they terminated me. So I was I was just so depressed riding home from being terminated. And I wanted to stop over and eat, but I got on the phone on the OA meeting and I got a sponsor. And then I worked with the sponsor. And we worked, she worked me through the steps really fast because she said, you know, you're really sick. And I and I and I was and I still am. I I will be a compulsive eater till the day God calls me home. That will always be the thing that I would want. I want to turn to, you know, when stuff when life is not going right, you know, that's what and I, and that's that's my story. That's what I want to turn to. But I don't turn to it today. I might have a thoughts when things are not going right, but I turn it over to God. I'm not perfect, you know, God runs the show. I'm not running the show today. You know, when I try to do it my way and do everything, I mess it up. So I I turn things over. I'm not trying to fix, control my kids and make them be who I want them to be. I'm in acceptance, you know. I'm married again today, you know, uh, two years of marriage. I'm not trying to make my husband be anybody else other than himself, you know. I accept him for who he is today. And so that's the way that I can, that's the only way that I can live, to not kill myself with the fork today, to not kill myself with food. It's not worth it. It's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to make things better. It'll only add to my problem. So that's not what I, I turn to today. But I, I will say that, I, you know, I am a compulsive overeater, you know, and I, and it's not going anywhere. You know, I wish that it would just go away and, it, it, you know, it wasn't, it, but it is what it is. And so I have to work a program to live I have a minute reminder. Life. Thank you. I have to work a program to live life on life terms. You know, I have to live a spiritual life. I have to live within, uh, within the steps. I have to accept things for what it is because it was, you know, and I have to take accountability. I have to be responsible for me. I have to, you know, own up to my stuff. You know, when I do something that I shouldn't do, you know, I know when it's wrong. I know when I said the wrong thing to a person, you know, or did the wrong thing. I have to own it, and I have to make amends, you know. I, you know, that's the only way that I can live, you know, out of the food. You know, I cannot stay angry. You know, I cannot hold grudges, you know. My mother told me one th- one time before, and I, 
and I always admired this about her. She told me what I said, Maya, you always say things to make me mad, and we get into these big arguments, and then you call back 10 minutes later like nothing ever happened. She And she told me, she said, baby, I don't hold grudges. You know, I don't hold grudges. You know, I'm not. And I and I told her, I said, well, Mom, I hold grudges. You know, when you make me mad, I don't want to talk to you 10 minutes later. You know, she said, well, you know, well, if you hold grudges, that's your problem. You have to deal with it. And I got so mad, angry with my mother and hung up. But that was the best advice my mother ever gave me. My mother's deceased. She died. I lost my mother in 2020. But that was the best advice she ever gave me is to not hold grudges, to not hold grudges, to let it go, turn it over to God. So now, I, you know, I, I retire from work because of my disability, because of my needs. I've had four knee surgeries, so I've had to retire. And I do work two, I work eight hours a week at a job, and I started this job over a year ago, and um, over a year ago. And I got abstinence, abstinence from compulsive overeating back in June, but I started this job before June. And uh, the lady told me, it's so uh, it's so different working with you now, <laughs> you know. And this is because when I first started the job, I was very, you know, argumentative, combative, and, and I'm just not that way today. You know, I'm not, you know, I say what I need to say. And if I need to make an amends, you know, I make an amends. And, and a few coworkers have said, like, working with a different person, you know, and I guess it is. I'm not trying to be other people's gods today. You know, they have a right, people have a right to live their life whichever way they choose, you know, it's their life. So I'm not trying to, you know, I spent my whole life trying to, well, if they would just do what I say do, you know, if they would just act the way I want them to act, if my kids would just do the way, you know, I want them to do, if my husband would be the way, I wouldn't have this problem. No, the fact of it is people can live their life however they want to live it. I'm responsible for my life today, you know. I don't have to use food when I can't get my weight. You know, I don't have to pick up because my husband won't do what I want him to do when I can't get my weight. You know, I have to accept it, give it over to my higher power, and realize I'm not God today. I'm not running the show. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this alone. It's not Sophia. It's not all about Sophia today. I have to give to others. Part of my, part of this disease is selfishness, me, me, me. It's all about me, you know, getting my wants, getting my needs met. And so program has taught me that it's not about me. It's about helping somebody else, you know, helping somebody else to get outside of myself and not looking for nothing in return. I always thought I was the nicest person in the world. I really did. I was a 400-pound chick. And I just thought I was the best thing ever. I thought I was the best, was the best wife, the best woman on earth. I mean, the nicest person would give you the shirt off my back. But really, and honestly, without program, I was not. I was very selfish. And if I gave you anything, I wanted it back ten times more than what I gave. And you could, I could never get enough once I did. If I gave you anything, you could never repay me. It would never be enough. You know. So today. I'm enough, and it's enough. So I don't look for nothing in return when I give somebody something. You know, I don't look for anything, and and um and I and I don't bring it up. You know, I do what I do. You know, 
out the kindness of my heart and the goodness of my higher power, you know. So I I just can't be self-absorbed today. It cannot be all about me. So that's why I got the opportunity to speak today. I wanted to come and, and share that on the meet. Almost, I'm sorry, I almost forgot my matter. If I don't set my calendar, put it in my calendar, but uh, thank God I got a text. But that's if I can share with anybody today is to give it back, you know, give it back. And uh, and that's what I, I'm trying to do. I hope that somebody got something from my story tonight. You know, it's my story. I, I lived a rough life and I paid for it. You know, I mean, I, I paid for it and I'm still going through it. But each day it gets better. You know, I, I went from a wheelchair. Two years ago I was in a wheelchair. I'm not in a wheelchair. I don't even walk with a cane today. So, but, you know, that's all from this program, the grace of God. But it's a daily reprieve. I only get a daily reprieve. This thing is not cured. You know, I only get a daily reprieve. And I, and it's constant work that I have to do. But the benefits that I've gained from it, my God, I can't, you know, the, I, I just can't describe the feelings that I feel today, the happiness, the freedom that I feel today to not be in prison in my own body and in prison with that food, you know. It's gave me a joy that I haven't felt in years. It almost feels like a dream because I'm wearing uh, sizes that I haven't worn in my adult life. I'm in a, I can wear a size large, you know, and coming from a 34 that's a miracle from God. I didn't think that I would ever right. see that. So, uh, and it's not all about the numbers, you know. It's it's uh, the freedom. So, thank you for letting me share. And uh, my number two nine two two five zero five. My name is Sophia, and I'm from Indiana. My number is two one nine two nine two two five zero five. Thanks again.